Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Okay, guys, second sponsor of the show we have is SoBet. That's SoBet.io. The link is in my bio on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TP3Bets. But y'all don't even know what SoBet is yet, man. It is the best value in sports betting. There's over 38 other handicappers on there like myself. It's $10 a month, and you get all those bets. Let's say you don't want to tail me. You can tail somebody else on the website. Everybody over there is winning. Everyone's putting in great work. You get every single bet explained like me and Ben break down for you guys on these podcasts. Might as well go ahead and do it for only $10 a month. Might as well sign up, try a month, say you don't like it. It's all good, guys. But yeah, so bet. Go over there, get at them. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. As always, I'm your host, TP3 himself, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, I am joined on January 2024 by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, how are we doing today, my guy? We're good, man. Weekend, uh, it's Friday, Friday Junior, and uh, got a lot going on this weekend. It'll be fun. Divisional round, we got some, we got some nice matchups, I would say. Oh, I cannot wait for our, for our matchups. Um, we got guys. I got to pick for every single game for y'all. Ben, do you have a rec- our record pulled up on hand right now from how we did last week? And I think we crushed it last weekend. Yeah, NFL wild card was a good uh, week for the boys. I I went uh, three and one, uh, and you went four and two. Okay, I love it. I love good it. Good week for the boys. Absolutely good week for the boys. Um, look, all I'm gonna say is. I'm not necessarily saying the Steelers game was rigged for the spread. I think the game was definitely rigged, though, that they wanted the Bills to win that game. We can talk about that later. Honestly, we don't even need to talk about that. I've already made a video talking about it whatnot. Then let's talk about it. Your team has a new head coach. Kalen DeBoer is officially the head coach of Alabama football. And look, Ben, first thing I'm going to say is I think it's a great hire, personally. The guy is a proven winner everywhere that he is coached. I mean, the guy started coaching out at Sioux Falls, and here he is now, the head coach of Alabama, the pinnacle of college football head coaching. Um, The big news is, though, he brings Grubb over to call the offense. 
Um, I think that he, I think what this guy's going to be able to do. I mean, he gets solid recruits at Washington, but now he has re- has access to possibly the biggest recruiting pool in all of college football. Everyone wants to come put that crimson on and play for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think DeBoer is a great, great hire. I think he's going to build a great culture. I think he's a great fit. I think Alabama is in good hands. I will say, Ben, look, the good news is for you guys, they have extended the playoff at this point in time because, honestly, like, I think it would just be tough to reciprocate the kind of success Alabama's had. You know, it's going to be tough to follow up Nick Saban. Um, And I think the biggest thing that always made Nick Saban a better coach, and I think we saw it the most this year, is you've talked about it a bunch of times, Nick Saban's entire coaching staff is made up of old head coaches as his assistants. Like I, I think back to the Texas A&M game. I think back to the Tennessee game this season. You know, Alabama looked terrible in the first half of those games. They looked like they didn't have an answer. They looked like they weren't prepared at all. Even the Michigan game. I mean, y'all got destroyed in the first half of the Michigan game. And what happened every single time in the second half, Alabama was a light years better team in the second half of those games. And I think that comes from having all the coaches on the staff. So I think the fact that he's not going to have like Charlie Strong, like um, Muschamp, like guys like that that have been at Alabama. Actually, I don't remember remember if Muschamp was at Alabama, but guys like that in the past who were, you know, whether they were assistant coaches, whether they're offensive coordinators, whether they were just like um, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Whatever they were doing, analysts for whatnot for them. I think having those guys was huge because when you have that many guys who are that smart that can lead teams in there telling them what to do, I think that went a long way for Alabama success did um the adaptability we've talked about with Saban was his greatest trait yeah they are uh for the first time experiencing what almost every single other program has has had to go through um not the same because Nick's like you know I think I don't know what Georgia would be like if Kirby goes down but like he's not at the level of success that Saban had reached quite yet and I don't even know if it's possible to reach uh, what Saban did in this new world. But um, yeah, I you know, I think the Alabama fans who were smart kind of know that like why Alabama could always get those great players. It yeah. wasn't necessarily they were committing to the University of Alabama. Like Nick Saban was there. And so, yeah, you, you reap – the benefits all those years of having Saban and and every advantage that that comes with of him being your coach. And now you're on the other side of it. And listen, the great organizations, when the gray skies come above, like they figure it out and they turn the ship right away. And there's no reason to not have faith in our athletic director. He has made great hire after great hire. Uh, they've typically been a little out of the box. Like I remember when Nate Oates was hired, people were like, who? Like we're getting, you know, a guy from Buffalo to go coach in the South and NATO. There's been nine champion. There's been nine rings or trophies handed out mm-hmm. in the SEC since he's become the coach. Seven of them belong in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Like that hire worked. Um, our baseball coaches is working out. So it's like, yeah, I trust Greg Byrne to make a good hire. The problem is we now live in a world where money talks first now money has always been involved illegally but money speaks first and speaks the loudest now and alabama does not have the financial means to match up with the other big names of college football it's not the it's one of the poorest states we have in the united states 
It's also like the collective they have. Like you need to have billionaires or a lot of millionaires to be mm -hmm. invested in your program. Alabama's got the investment. Alabama doesn't have billionaires that back their name, right? So yeah. that's a problem in this world. They're going to have to adjust. The good thing is, and it'll take time. It's going to take at least a year. If you win, speaking uh, when I say you, if DeBoer wins at Alabama like he has won everywhere else, the rest will take care of itself. I trust the leadership that Bama has. It sucks right now. It really sucks losing a player like Caleb Downs, who I believe is the best defensive player in the sport, if not one of the best players. And he's probably yeah. going to Georgia, who's coming to Tuscaloosa late September next year. So that part sucks. It sucks to lose all these five stars. Eventually, they will right the ship. They've got to do their best to plug holes for now. And then uh, I think Harbaugh is going to take an NFL job. And then I think they're going to promote from within with Sharon Moore. And players are going to hit the portal from that team. So yep. Michigan will go through it too. I don't think it'll be as bad because you're promoting from within. So relationships are there. But we're losing guys because we don't have relationships with them with most of our coaches. He'll build new ones. And this guy has won everywhere he's been before. I have confidence he can win again in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I do as well, and we've seen it happen at Washington and at Arizona as well. I'm waiting for Noah Fafia's name to pop up in the transfer portal. So I think him and him and McMillan have like said they're going in. They just haven't put the paperwork in. Okay, so yeah, they're both going to go to. They're both probably going to go to Washington, and then we're probably going to see uh, Polk go to Alabama, if I had to guess. So it'll be interesting to see where everybody ends up landing out. There's a lot, like you said, Michigan's going to have players in the portal everybody's going to have players in the portal. So it's going to be interesting. And I mean, there's probably going to be, it, it, I think Sharon Moore will be the next head coach at Michigan, but if not, and they pluck somebody's head coach, just think about how much more fallout there's going to be yet to come. So it'll be interesting to see where everything goes from here. Ben, with no further ado, man, let's get into it. We came off a hot wild card round. Let's see if we can't do it here in the divisional round, the next round of the NFL playoffs. The good news is I feel pretty confident out my picks. The bad news is I'm pretty sure I like every single underdog this weekend, which could be my downfall. <laughs> anyway, though, let's get into it here, Ben. We're going to have things. Kate, first of all, the Houston Texans have never played a or I think if they, I can't remember what the stat was. The Houston Texans have played like two or three. They played like 10 playoff games. And basically, I think like 80 percent of them have been on Saturdays. It's like something insane like that. Like almost every single playoff game they've played have been on a Saturday. Um, let's get into it, though. We have the Houston Texans on the road playing at the Baltimore Ravens. The spread currently in this game is Houston catching nine and a half. And the over under in this game is at 43 and a half. It's going to be freezing cold in Baltimore, Maryland. Ben, any pick from you on this game? Yeah, I'm going to go under 43 and a half in this game. Uh, I actually just saw that Marlon Humphrey is going to be out this game. He's still struggling with the lower leg injury. Uh, but I'm going to take under 43 and a half. Lamar in this exact situation as a home favorite in the playoffs has really struggled in his career. Um, he's one in three against the spread, and it's 4-0 to the under in those games. It's a team that does heavily rely on the run. Um and and the the Texans, I, I think they won't have as much success. Um, I know the Browns defense is, is really good, but the, I, the Ravens won't give up as many deep balls. I don't think the explosive plays the Texans have been hitting. And honestly, one of my favorite stats is the Ravens were the second best defense in the NFL at allowing red zone touchdowns 
And uh, that's mainly how the Houston Texans score their points. They're very efficient in the red zone. I think it's harder to do that when you're playing outdoors versus in the dome in cold weather against a defense like the Ravens. So I, I'm going to take the under 43 and a half backing the Baltimore red zone defense. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't have a play on the total in this game. I really don't have a strong lean either. I'm going to go to the side here. Give me the Houston Texans plus the nine and a half. Look, Ben, first I'll talk from an X's and O's standpoint. Then I'll get into my trends and stuff. Y'all know I love these. First of all, I'm not worried about C.J. Stroud playing in big games. C.J. Stroud in college played in massive games. I mean, he played in Ohio. He played at Notre Dame. He played, or sorry, not play. He didn't play. He played against Notre Dame. He played at Michigan. Michigan. He played his best game of his entire career against Georgia in the in the uh, Peach Bowl in our backyard. I personally think that game is when C.J. Stroud became who he is and who he is now. I mean, he had his best power or he had his best QBR of the entire season in the game against the Colts and in the game last week against the best defense in the NFL. This guy is just a big gamer and he steps up in every single big game. I tweeted it out. I'm going to say it again. It is official. CJ Stroud to Nico Collins is the equivalence, in my opinion, to Burrow to Chase or to Mahomes to Tyreek Hill or Mahomes to Kelsey. And you know what, Ben? I doubted those guys before they went on their deep playoff runs with with Burrow and Mahomes. I will admit, I at least won some money on Mahomes in, in his first playoff run. I lost against Burrow. I was doubted Burrow the whole run. He ended up making some back on him in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to let it happen to me again here. I'm going to take C.J. Stroud plus the nine and a half here in this game. Like I said, I personally think this Texas team is good enough. I mean, the Ravens have choked every single time they have been in the playoffs in big spots. Now they're going to come out here as huge favorites when their players haven't played since week 18. I think it's a tough spot for the Ravens really here in this game. Houston's playing with house money. I expect them to play free and loose, and Houston's pretty solid against the run. I think their defense found a lot of confidence, and D'Amico Ryan's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Think about it, Ben. When these two teams played each other back in week one, the spread was 10. Now it's nine and a half here in the playoffs, just because it's the playoffs. This line is absolutely off. I mean, if this is the regular season, this would probably be my biggest bet of the entire season. I got to take it here for a unit. Now let's talk about some trends. Lamar Jackson is a home favorite. He's 15 and 23 against the spread, and he's six and one, or sorry, one in six against the spread on 12 plus days rest. When he's favored by minus three and a half or higher, he is six and 16 against the spread. And when he's favored by seven and a half or more, he is one in eight against the spread in his last nine in that spot. Road teams that missed the playoffs the year before are 27 and 13 against the number in the divisional round in the last 20 years. And CJ Stroud has been a beast against the spread where he's six and two against the spread as an underdog and seven, one against the spread in the first half as an underdog this season. I need the, I might have to pull out the dog mask before we get done with here, Ben, I'm going to take the nine and a half. There you go. Um, next matchup here, I know I was long-winded on that one. We have Green Bay versus San Francisco. Um, we have the Green Bay Packers catching nine and a half on the road here against San Francisco. The over-under in this game is at 50 and a half. What's your play here, Ben? I got two plays. Okay. I'm going to go – I'm going to take the over, 50 and a half. I said it last week. Um, the Green Bay Packers offense is rolling yeah. right now. Like, we are not seeing – like, people think the Texans' offense is great right now. What the Green Bay Packers have done in the second half of this season, yep. Jordan Love, if there was an award for second-half MVP, he would win it. 
for sure. He's been that good. We've seen this a couple, like a couple times in sports. We where maybe the best player on the team leaves, and then the team plays more like a team more than it does of relying on a guy yeah. too much. And obviously, like I'm talking Rogers here, but like they're not better without Rogers. But I think it opens Lafleur's genius Blake calling a little bit more because I think they just relied on Rogers to do everything. Like if plays broke down, that he could make plays. Jordan Love has the best off balance, off the back leg throw in yep. the NFL right now. It's better than Mahomes. It's better than Josh Allen. I don't know, like, it looks so bad, it, like, having money on the Packers, and you're like, oh, my God, he's throwing it off his back foot, and then it's, like, a perfect throw between two defenders. Their offense is rolling, and honestly, when the Niners don't get pressure on the quarterback, in the second half, teams have been able to throw on them. Now, obviously, their pass rush is excellent, but Jordan Love's able to make plays with his legs. He's not afraid to take off and run. He's not afraid to throw the ball away. Uh, Aaron Jones is running the ball phenomenally. I think Points will be scored in this game. And let's be honest, the Packers defense is atrocious. I like the 49ers have no problem moving the ball up and down the field with them. And I think Purdy, I, like these coaches want a track meet game. They like, they're going to be smiling on the sidelines, touchdowns going back and forth. They're both friends, obviously. I'm also going to take the Niners minus nine and a half. I think the Packers do score in this game. I think they get over their their team totals like 19 and a half right now. Yeah. I'm looking at taking that over as well, but I think the Niners score like big in this matchup because this is a defense that you can punish with the Packers and the 49ers can punish you at them. I mean, every which way they want to, they can run it down your throat. They can uh, sling the ball to Ayuk Kittle and Debo Samuel. Like they just do everything. They're an absolute juggernaut. I'm not worried about the rest team like this. They need to be healthy with uh, their offensive line in McCaffrey. So I'm going to lay the number with the Niners at nine and a half, but I'm also going to take the over at 50 and a half. Yeah. Before I get into my pick, um, another thing, Ben, that goes in your favor there is it's they're either the worst or the third worst in EPA against running backs, catching the ball to the backfield. The Packers are, and um, they're going to have to go up against a guy named Christian McCaffrey, who is pretty damn good at doing that. Um, yeah, back to what you said though about Jordan Love and Lafleur, I think that like not only did Love have a chance to learn under Aaron Rodgers, but he had a chance to see what Aaron Rodgers didn't do well and do better at it. Like they said that all the wide receivers, the rookie wide receivers, were scared of Aaron Rodgers. So before games, Jordan Love would go over like the plays with them and stuff, and I think that really like locked them all in together and kind of helped Jordan Love learn. Like okay, like. This is how I need to get everybody comfortable. This is what everybody likes. This is what they want to see. You know, I think it made him like the leader this team needs. And not only did it help build the uh, relationship between him and Lafleur, but I mean, it made them a much, much better team. And, you know, like Jordan Love really did get better as the season go went on, which is a great thing to see about him. I remember when he threw that touchdown pass against the Eagles last year, me and you were both texting like, damn, that was crisp. This guy might be for real. So it is cool to see him balling out. first drop. The first drives have been so methodical for Green Bay these last couple yeah. of weeks. No, it definitely has. And that's Matt LaFleur in his bag. Still pains me to think that the Falcons had both these guys on their offensive coaching staff. And instead, we were stuck with Arthur Smith and Dan Quinn. So that's always nice. But um, Ben, I agree with the first pick you gave out on here. I'm just going to go over 50 and a half in this game. 
I kind of agree with the fact that, like, I think I want to take the Packers to cover here, but I simply won't because I kind of agree with you on the 49ers. I just think they're just way too overpowered on offense. In the last nine games of the season, the Packers are the second best team in offensive EPA. Obviously, the 49ers are the best in that span. The Packers are averaging 28 uh, points per game over that nine-game stretch, while the Niners are averaging 29 points per game. Packers have a top three road offense in the NFL, and they've been on the road four out of their last five weeks. I think this defense is extremely fatigued. I think this is a bad matchup for them defensively. I'm just going to take the over and not even worry about one of the one or the other teams covering. The Packers aren't going to cover this game with defense. It's going to be with offense. That's kind of what I said last week when I took the over numbers Dallas. I'm going back to the well here. Give me the Packers and the 49ers to smash this number. Love it. In sync there. We yep. won our we were in sync last week on oh on the Steelers and we lost that one. Yeah, but I mean Oh, and the Bucks. We won we won the Bucks together. Yeah, we won the Bucks together. We lost the Steelers. I mean, look, I'm not saying the game was rigged betting wise, but like once the game got tight, you notice they get Josh Allen. First of all, Josh Allen faked the slide and then he slides on oh, the next think? one and it's very questionable. I mean, dude, the flag came out like 30 seconds late. He got up and was crying and they threw the flag for him. They called the personal foul on Pittsburgh. They called the whole they called the uh the, the pass Porter. interference on the uncatchable yeah. like the Joey dude, Porter was, pass interference. Yes. Was- 10 feet above the receiver's head. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh still had their chance to cover. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was rigged against the spread. I'm saying the NFL made sure Buffalo did not lose that game because they're not going to get any fucking ratings if the Buffalo doesn't make it to the next round. They need Buffalo versus Kansas City. Like, the NFL is going to do everything in their power to ensure that that's the game that they're going to see in this next round. It is every single storyline. I know I set that game up perfectly, but I like to go in rotation order, so we're going to go to the Lions and the Buccaneers right here. Um, Lions and Buccaneers. I'm going to start out with this one, Ben, because this is my favorite bet, I think, of the NFL season, besides Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati back in, I think that was week 15 we cashed on. Tampa Bay is on the road here taking on Detroit. Detroit's a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. The total in this game is at 48-and-a-half. I don't hate the over, but I'm not even going to worry about the total because we're taking the Buccaneers plus six-and-a-half for a max play, and we're sprinkling one unit on the money line in this game at 235 or plus 235. I think I really don't believe in this Lions team. And look, I have future bets on the Lions. I want to believe they can win this game, but I don't think they can. Baker Mayfield is 7-1 ATS in his last eight games as an underdog. Um, I, I don't know if you heard it or not. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. 3-0 in the postseason against the spread. Yeah, 3-0 ATS in the postseason against the spread. C.J. Gardner-Johnson has been running his mouth, Ben, and Baker Mayfield took note of it. He said that he thought this team could be great if they had a quarterback and he mentioned a bunch of wide receivers and threw Russell Gage's name in there. And Baker, when they said it to him, he's like, I mean, Russell Gage hasn't played for us all season. So you must not have seen her film this year, but you know, Baker Mayfield is not happy about hearing that. And to be honest with you, Ben Baker Mayfield doesn't look hurt at all. When I saw him come out there and not look hurt, I knew we were about to dog walk Philadelphia. The Lions gave up 7.1 yards per play last week. And I looked back their last four games they played, they gave up 400 yards passing in two of those to Nick Mullins. To Nick Mullins. They gave up 365 to Dak Prescott and 375 to Matthew Stafford. This defense has been absolutely torched. Goes back to the trend I gave out earlier with the uh, teams that are actually, wait, just, that one, just kidding. That one doesn't match here. But Sunday divisional round dogs of single digits are 26 9 and 1 against the spread in the last 20 years in the playoffs and Tampa Bay is the best red zone defense in the NFL. 
I feel like Detroit got the monkey off their back last week winning the game, but I could see them no-showing this game. It's a huge story. Everybody's praising them. I feel like nobody's giving Tampa Bay enough credit here. And the Lions is six and a half points here. feels pretty ridiculous at this point in the season. Also, too, I think Tampa Bay's defense is still underrated based off the games they played with everybody injured. All that leads me to Tampa Bay here. Give me the Buccaneers. They're going to win this game outright. I got no play on this game. Any thoughts? But I mean, I can I can just try to play devil's advocate for the listeners. It's okay. Um, like you, you're not when you when you bet the lines to cover a bigger spread, anything above you know anything above a field goal. I don't think you're you're even you don't even need to think about like their defense. It's the you're betting on they are absolutely going to score almost every single time that they have the ball and the way that like Amon Ross St. Brown and Gibbs as a duo are rolling right now just opens up more opportunities like Laporta just like finds he comes back after being injured just finds the end zone Montgomery's been he's been like um who is the he's been like a Jamal Williams type running back this year, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Like second half of the year, Gibbs is getting more touches and they get to the goal line. Number five comes in the game. And somehow he finds the end zone every single time. So I think if you want to take the Lions, I think you're looking at the quarterback matchup, saying, yeah, Baker's playing good ball, but he's probably maxing out right now. He's probably mm-hmm. playing the best football he can possibly play. Um and I think Goff could get better. Like I, I, Goff has not played his best football in the second half of the year, but you know it's in in there for him. So just play devil's advocate. The Lions playing at home are tough to beat. Obviously, the crowd noise is tough, and I think there's another level that we haven't seen from Goff yet. I think Baker has peaked, but I think he can stay at this level. I mean, here's the thing: to go back to the Bucks side, it's. They just need a quarterback that's not going to make many mistakes. Yeah. Like they don't run the football all that well, but you're throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who, I mean, Mike Evans is on his way to a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer now, but like they have great receivers. They block very well and they play great defense. So uh, I would lean the Bucs with the points, but I, I did not take it. Also, too, for what it's worth, I feel like Mike Evans probably played one of the worst games of his career, dropping oh multiple open passes. I mean, they, are, sure. they dropped two touchdowns last week as a team. Yeah, exactly. Surely Mike Evans won't drop two more bombs like that. I got to rock with him here. I mean, this line defense is terrible. Is it crazy? Like, how much credit do you give Todd Bowles? If you go back, we I mean, we were saying how bad of a coach he is. Like, here he is again. Make it. it He's been the coach for, I think, two years since Arian stepped away. He's made the playoffs both times. He's won the division both times. And here we go. He already has a playoff win. Yeah, I mean, I'll give Todd Bowles actually a decent bit of credit. I will say we were definitely wrong on him. I mean, Todd Bowles has been a better coach. And honestly, he was smart for moving off Leftwich and bringing Canales in. I mean, Canales is winning. I mean, this guy's going get, to get interviews for sure to be a head coach. I don't know if he'll necessarily get a job. I think he's the gonna... Panthers interviewed yep. him, I believe. Uh, that's what I heard is the Panthers won him. I don't know if he'll take that job necessarily or not. But, I mean, look what this guy did with this offense. Leftwich was borderline awful. I mean, this offense was horrible last year. I mean, Canales has completely opened it up and made all these weapons look viable again. Let's go to the game of the week. Yeah, let's talk about it, man. We already talked about it once, kind of. Game of the week here, Kansas City taking on the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, this is Patrick Mahone's first road playoff game here. We're going to Orchard Park where the Bills are two-and-a-half to three-point favorites, depending on where you look. 
Um, the total in this game is at 45 and a half. Ben, what's your play here? I got a feeling we're going to be on opposite ends. No, I think I think we're on the same end. You, All right. You see you, the points next to you see the points next to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, didn't you? I do. I do. If I if I if I know you like I think I know you, that's an automatic bet when you see points next to Patty Mahomes. Yes, sir. You already right. know. <laughs> yeah. This this is just okay. Here's here's my thinking. Patrick Mahomes has the better defense in this matchup, especially with all the injuries for the Bills. Yeah. Um. Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback in this matchup, has the better coach in this matchup, has the team with more experience in this matchup. And doesn't he just beat the Bills every time they play? Like he's got yep. lucky the over the overtime, you know, thing helped him out, but uh like Mahomes is just the better quarterback in this game. We have a quarterback who's playing great football in Josh Allen right now. Mm-hmm. He is double the like what am I trying? He is he's two times the the chances to turn the ball over in this game that I think in Mahomes is like if you're given extra if you're given the ball off turnovers and giving Mahomes extra chances in this game I think it's really hard to beat Patrick Mahomes because I think it's hard to beat him straight up give me the Chiefs with the points I, listen like tip your cap to to Josh Allen if he finally gets over this hump but I'm I'm gonna bet the under in the Ravens game until they show me that they can score a lot in the playoffs. I'm going to bet the Chiefs against the Bills until the Bills show me that they can beat them. Hey, I 100% agree with you on that, Ben. Ben knows me too well, guys. Of course I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes here. Look, I have a billion trends and stats here for why we'd want to take Patrick Mahomes in this in this game. So I'm just going to go ahead and lay some on us. Patrick Mahomes in his career as an underdog, 8-1-1 one, and one against the spread, 7-3 and three straight up. Patrick Mahomes, when he's a favorite of minus 3 or less, 28-1 against the spread. I mean, this is a huge rest advantage spot, too. I don't think it's being talked about enough. Buffalo just lost damn near. I mean, their entire secondary is on the injury report. Multiple of these guys aren't going to be playing in the game. Vaughn Miller looks like a shell of himself. You just played on Monday, and you have Kansas City who played on Saturday. Kansas City has them beat by almost two, by basically two days of rest. I mean, that is insane. Ben, if this was in the regular season, I think we'd be making one of our biggest bets of the season on Kansas City catching points here. Another thing to talk about, too, is when Ed Hockley is refing Mahomes games, games of Kansas City, they're eight and two straight up in these games. Um, I feel like Buffalo, too, man, like <laughs> Ben's laughing. He knows I love my referee trends. Um, I mean, another no, thing to talk no about is Torbert. Yeah, no, it's it's not Ron Torbert, but it'll do, you know, it'll do. Um, another two, like two points to make that I feel like aren't being brought up enough here is just the fact that Buffalo's been fighting for their playoff life. I mean, they basically had to win out to even ensure they could make the postseason, and then they ended up winning the division. I mean, we, I talked about how that they had the easiest like back half of the schedule for them after playing juggernauts, so I think they played a pretty easy schedule to finish out the season. And last but not least here too, Ben, besides those factors here in this game, um, I mean, Buffalo, I mean, Kansas City feels like they're coming on at the right time. You know, like it feels like the, they feel like the Patriots were like they in the regular season. You know, they fall down, they get back up, they play good enough in the regular season. They don't blow you out of the water, then it gets to the playoffs. And it's like they hit a whole nother gear. You know, I mean, I'm not saying they're bored with the regular season, but I just think that they kind of sleepwalk some in the regular season. I think that. You know, they're a veteran team. Like, they had been there. They knew they needed to save some of the tank. And we even talked about it, too. Like, last year, I remember Andy Reid lost to the 49ers. He lost to the um, 
who else did they lose to? They lost to the Chiefs and the re- or the Bills in the regular season, and they lost to somebody else in the regular season too, who was a big time contender. And I said I just felt like that Andy Reid wasn't necessarily putting his best stuff on film because he's saving it for when he sees them later on in the playoffs. And when he saw the Bengals later on in the playoffs with an injured Mahomes, he was still able to get by them. That's right. They lost Cincinnati in the regular season too. That was the other one I couldn't think of because they didn't make the playoffs. I truly think that Kansas City's peaking at the right time. And look, sucks for Baltimore, man, because I think they're going home crying next week. Well, we'll see about that. But Rasheed Rice coming on big last week is yep. is uh, big for confidence. He's been he's been great this season. Again, <clears throat> Kelsey has not played his best football recently. It's time to turn it up. It's time to go Gronk mode or Kelsey mode. Uh, like you were talking about with the Patriots, I think they get it done once again. Yeah, also, too, Gabe Davis is probably not going to play in this game. That's crucial. Um, another thing, too, is like, Davis, this is kind of, I hate to, like, non existent anymore. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's good, though, for deep threats, and he's gashed Kansas City in the past. Although, I will say Shakir's been playing well lately. Not, not when they played this uh, earlier. I just checked four catches for 24 yards. Ugh, I feel like Buffalo's passing game in general has been non-existent. Um, another just kind of random thing to throw in there. I hate to Except refer to the tight ends. They have great tight ends. Yeah, Kincaid and, and Knox have been going off. I hate, though, to like bring every, compare everything to Tom Brady, but doesn't Mahomes and Brady or versus Allen feel like Brady versus Manning? Like Josh Allen's Manning, Mahomes is Brady. I mean, at some point, Josh Allen's going to break through and beat him. I don't think it happens here, though. I mean, you could throw a lot of quarterbacks in there with Brady. He was beating Roethlisberger. He was beating Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah you're, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong, Ben. It'll be fun to watch how well, it plays uh, out. Ben, recap the picks for us, and then we can get on out of here if we got nothing else. These are my picks. Texans, Ravens, under 43.5. 49ers, minus 9.5. Packers, Niners, over 50.5. Chiefs, plus 2.5. I usually buy it up to 3. For some reason, I didn't this time. I took three uh, at minus one twenty, but I mean, any either one matters. You can keep the points; they're going to win this game. Texans plus uh, these are Thomas. Texas plus nine and a half. Packers Niners over fifty and a half. Bucks plus six and a half for his best bet or max play that he's going to sprinkle the money line. I didn't put the money line for the for the enough. Uh, pod, but and then Chiefs plus two and a half. Love it, Ben. We got let's, two let's... to the same picks. Yeah, we've got two of the same picks again. We're going to be riding together. We're going to be rocking together. It's going to be a hell of a weekend, guys. As always, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Ben, any final words before we get out of here? No, I'm good, man. All right, guys. Let's get this money this weekend. Peace.